Thanks all of us, I'm a business owner and the lady in front of me is a business owner and we go through the trials and tribulations, not only of our own relationships, but the pressures that 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 builds. So this is something I've been excited about and wanting to do for ages and I've finally got this lady nailed down. So let me introduce her to you. Where do I start? She is a speaker. She is a blogger. She is a, a YouTuber. <laughs> she is an author of uh, the book, The Conscious Mother. Uh, she's a, she is a mother. She is a business owner. She is Kirsten Bass. <laughs> <laughs> That's Welcome. a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. So, you're a mum. Mm-hmm. You're a business owner. Mm-hmm. Tell me your experience of going through all this, the trials and tribulations of it all. How do you... How, what have you found through your journey of how does it all work? Because it's not easy, is it? No, it's not it easy. It comes with a few issues. <laughs> it's a little tricky at times. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I mean, I started my business before I had children. Um, and so from that perspective, I, I could lay some groundwork and do some pretty crazy hours, which we all know that when you start a new business... Yes. You kind of have to throw yourself into it for a reasonable period of time to get things happening. And um, hats off to those people who do that when they do have young families. I think that's Mm. a bit trickier. Um, So, you know, if there's any kind of golden piece of advice that I can give to listeners, (laughs) it would be see if you can get, you know, break the camel's back of a business before you get to that stage of your life. Learn your stripes before uh, before the kids come in. Well, and actually you saying learn your stripes, I think is really, really relevant because a lot of people are, I guess, starting businesses and your people um, that would be listening are pharmacists first and then the business owners. And I think, um, same for me being a clinical and forensic psych and a business owner, I think you really need to give yourself time to learn the stripes of your own profession and then launch into a business if you wanna do that. Um, I have seen, not in your industry, but certainly in my profession, people trying to grapple with both at the same time. So they're quite new to their profession and they also wanna start a business. I do think that's a little bit nuts. So I certainly think that people are far better off getting that really strong sense of competency in their profession because what you then have ahead of you when you're learning how to run a business is huge, absolutely huge. And I don't think, you know, there's no, short of a business degree on top of your other degrees, there's really no way to, um, I guess, start this process of, of a business with everything you need to know ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of learning as you go. And oh, sure, yes. there's a lot of, yes. you can go and do courses and you can you need to be speaking to people who know more than you yeah. in various parts of business and drawing on their wisdom. So there's resources. I'm not saying there's not. But it is the hugest learning curve yeah, ever, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think then if you add parenthood yes. <laughs> to that, <laughs> yeah. which is another massive learning curve, and there's definitely no manual for that. Oh no! Um, no then I think you know, in, in many ways, you could have the perfect storm for quite a difficult time. And I yeah. think it's challenging no- enough when you've got some of the ducks lined up in other parts of your life and they're ticking along quite well, let alone if you've got a lot in a bit of a mess and yep. a lot of learning curves going yep. on at the same yep. time. Yeah. 
So you, um, mm. so you're a clinical psychologist, mm-hmm. forensic psychologist, mm-hmm. is, is that correct? And we're, we're sitting in your, your your lovely premises here in Deptford. <laughs> um, Kirsten's the owner of uh, Perth Psychology Collective. Mm-hmm. Now you've done retreats in the past, a conscious mother retreat, mm-hmm. and I saw uh, you didn't know ambitious mothers. Mm. Yes. So, <laughs> so these are mothers who are also. The, the go-getters, the drivers, yeah. the yeah. ones who want to create and do yeah. something. Yeah. What issues have you? What sort <laughs> of issues have you found with them? Because here's you trying to help out these mums, mm. and I suppose particularly relevant to pharmacy as it's very female mm. dominated. One of those mm. industries. There's a lot of there's a big female presence. Yeah. What have you learnt through those retreats, through those mm. workshops, and in what you do here? Mm-hmm about combining mums and and, and ownership and that that, that female element. We're a different breed of woman. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that. (laughs) I put myself in that category. Um, I think we're high achievers. We think we can do it all. We try and do it all. I think we do have quite a significant capacity to juggle a lot of different things. Um, I, I know that this might There's a particular sound... mindset there, though, isn't there, to do that? There, there is a mindset, but there's also a degree of self-belief that yeah. I maybe don't see in people who aren't, you know, kind of mothers and entrepreneurs or business owners. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, we just... <laughs> We just kind of barrel our way through, <laughs> through life, business, motherhood, and we just kind of keep going. We're problem solvers and things. Yeah. If I could say one thing about the, the motherhood element of mm. the ambitious mother, though, um, we actually know, and there's a fair amount of research, that if there's a group of women who can struggle with adjustment to motherhood the most, it is the ambitious mother. Yeah. Because she's so resourceful in terms of solving problems, pivoting, um, and getting an outcome, yeah. and babies just don't play that game very well. No. B- businesses can, yeah. um, and careers, professional careers certainly can. So we're a group of women who are used to, okay, I'm going to work really hard. I mean, things aren't necessarily handed to us on a plate, yeah. but we work hard, yeah. and we, if we're not getting where we need to get, we pivot, we change, we adjust, we adapt, and ultimately we get you know, progress yeah. in our careers. Yeah. Um, babies, yeah, they just don't roll that way. They they aren't yeah. <laughs> quite they quite aren't quite so malleable. And so for this particular population, I put myself in this category. So it's said with warmth and, and respect, yes. uh, we can really struggle with the fact that, you know, we can try all sorts of things and babies just won't sleep or they just won't feed or they, you know, just won't play nice yeah. basically. Yeah. For us. So when there's that that conflict of life that's eventually going to happen of mm. um, demands of a, a business versus demands of a demands of a person as mm. well as the demands of being a mother. Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily sit within a defined schedule no. um, because business is going to yeah. demand. Yeah. Business never stops, yes. as, as we know. Yes. It's going to demand stuff from, yeah. from, from you. Yeah. But at the same time, your family's going to need you as mm. well. Mm. How on earth do you do you com- work th- work through all that? Because your schedule at some point is going to be massively conflicted. Yeah. And I suppose it's very different from 
the male perspective, if I use stereotypical family, mm. um, particularly in my situation, is because I have the luxury of wife who works from home. Mm. And then she pick-ups and drop-offs from school and all the stuff that yep. needs to happen. I have, to some extent, the easy job of just going to work and running a business. Yeah. But to flip that and do both, how on earth do you manage that? Well, you definitely need a partner who is on board. Um, if you're on your own, you need a village around you. Yeah. Without any shadow of a doubt. I yeah. mean, that's that's single parenting anyway, yeah. let alone single parenting and running a business or businesses. Yeah. You definitely need that support. But if you're in a relationship, it, it in some ways, if that relationship if that person isn't supportive of how you want to live your life, which is to integrate running businesses and, and being a parent, um, that's going to create a lot more grief yeah. than being on your own almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they really need to be on board. I'd like to think that the modern man, um, and if we're thinking about the yeah. age range that maybe might be tuning into this, mm. uh, younger younger guys I think are a little bit more flexible and wanting to be far more hands-on. Um, I mean, I think there's a whole conversation that equality will only happen when men have as many opportunities to take time out of the workforce yeah. without stigma as women. So yeah, yeah, we've got point. a yeah, long yeah, way to go yeah. there. So stuff's happening, but still... Um, steps need to be taken but I think it's really uh, you know that you need to be with someone who obviously wants to recognizes that this is a really important part of you that needs to be nourished both yeah. the mother and the business owner yeah um, and wants to see you succeed and wants to support you in that and I mean you need to reciprocate that for them too yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think then there is a distinction between I guess having a job where you go and you do your hours and you come, you leave your work at work and you come home and a business. And so I think conversations, there needs to be a lot of conversations around the realities of running a business, which funnily enough is a bit like you can't really know what it's like to run a business to the fullest extent until you have your own business and you wear yeah. all the risk, responsibility, stress. You and have to be in there to, yeah. to know it. Yeah. Same with parenting. Yeah. You can you can talk to a million parents, you can babysit, you can <laughs> do yeah. all of that, but until you actually have your own children, you yes. never quite know. Yeah which is why communication is hugely important. Yep. And I think putting time frames around things. So we're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's going to take me, you know, I'm going to have to work these longer hours for this period of time. How are we going to manage that period of time? And I think there needs to be a constant reviewing of those yep. goals and time frames. Yes. Okay, we're at that point. We said we'd do this for two years or whatever, mm. you know, and that in that two years, our life would look like this in terms of me perhaps being in the business and not so available at home or however yep. that works, that two years is up, now we need to sit down and, and think, okay, what what's working, what's yep. not working, what can we tweak? Because I think the other thing that's really um, interesting when you have a family, children naturally provide um, kind of an evolution to your life yeah. because their developmental stages are ongoing. Yes, yes. So what you can and can't do when you've got a baby is very different to what you can and can't do when you've got someone in kindy and pre-primary and all of the rest. Yes. 
Um, the dynamics change. Absolutely, is, yeah. and the demands change. Yes. Um, we, were t- <laughs> we were talking before, you know, there's something really lovely when your young children go to bed at 7.30 at night and you've got the rest of the night, many, many hours <laughs> yes. before you go to bed yep. to relax. Well, when you've got teenagers who are prowling the house beyond your bedtime, it's a very different experience. And you've got uh, running a, around, a, yeah, a thousand sporting commitments <laughs> exactly. during the week. Yes, exactly. So I think it's really. I mean, I say this to any new parent, anyway, um, whether they're a business or not, is to always kind of pull up stumps, sit down with your partner, haven't had you know, just regularly check in and say, how's our life working with this particular developmental stage that our family is at? Mm -hmm. And can we change that? Because it's really easy to set and forget. Yes. Um, And I think when we set and forget and it just goes on and on and on, particularly if it's really taxing, that's when resentment builds. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think having these conversations quite regularly just means that you're going to bring your attention to something and you're probably going to be able to make some changes to go with the next evolution yeah, of yeah. your family and business life. Do you think, um, and, and, and dare, dare I say this, um, we've had over decades of the inherent stereotype of men being the breadwinner mm-hmm. and the, the, the females were the ones at home. Mm-hmm. Now we've got this very different dynamic mm-hmm. that's happening at the moment, and particularly in, in pharmacy, where it's very female dominated, and you've got a lot of female owners. Mm. I mean, some female pharmacy owners out there are hugely admired and respect what they do. They're fantastic at what they do. But from the husband's perspective, has Men evolved enough to get that. <laughs> if I can, like, oh can, uh, c- c- question my own. My own uh... <laughs> You're going to put this on LinkedIn, and there's no button other than like or comment. And <laughs> I'm thinking the comments are going to be really interesting with my answer. Um, I think a younger generation of man finds it a little easier. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I- I'm always really fascinated by, I guess, social trends and generational trends and, mm. you know, what what would be important to parents who are parenting during the Depression and then how does that affect the children that are then parenting, yep. you know, in during, you know, the Vietnam War era, which is my yes. folks, and then the next generation, which is me. And I think um, all of those threads kind of start to come through. And if I think about the 70s parent, which, you know, I was born in the 70s, so that parent was perhaps a little more traditional. So it was dad going out and being Mm. the breadwinner and often mum staying at home. It wasn't my story. My mum worked, but um, it was most people's story. And so I think when you're a child of that arrangement, it can be a default expectation that you don't even know you have. And I think what I've encountered more around my age range, which is the mid-40s, is, um, I guess, the idea that, yes, I want to... I want to be a business owner as, as a female, you know, I've got yes. a profession, I want to be a business owner and a partner saying, yep, I, this is really cool. I've got a career woman for a wife. I admire her. It's awesome. So they're all the things I genuinely believe, but when it comes to the minutiae of life and when it comes down to who's taking the sick leave, who's staying at home with the baby yeah. or the little one, 
who's gets to go on that training that's on that trip yeah. over there. And then you got the school pickups, the drop-offs. All of the minutiae, yeah. I think, can be where you see threads of perhaps older thinking. Yeah thinking from older generations mm. from how they were raised and they're the things that you know it's a bit like do you put the lid on the toothpaste or not so it seems so irrelevant maybe toothpaste is but this is where couples can come unhinged yeah and and i think this is where you often really see what the value systems are yeah and i'm not saying there's a right or wrong to those value mm. systems what i'm saying is that's where you can find the clash yeah and that's where the conversations yeah. need to start yeah so I suppose this gets down to that decision point of when um, the young professional, and, and let's use the example of a, of a young female pharmacist mm-hmm. who's done a training, done her experience, yep. very good pharmacist, yep. um, engages well with mm-hmm. customers and really has a big presence in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the pharmacy, but then is given that opportunity to buy, to buy the first one or to buy into something. Mm. So there's a conversation then that comes home. Mm. Uh, For those of you out there who are thinking about buying a pharmacy, wanting to buy a pharmacy, looking for partnership opportunities, uh, please go to our website, peachstrategies.com.au. Look for the buyers database. We've got a buyers database there. Register for there. We'll get in contact with you to find out what it is exactly you're after. We can help you through the process of, of getting in touch with the lawyers. So we can get in touch with the lawyers, the bank managers, the finance brokers, etc., and help you through that process so, uh, so you've got someone on your side who's looking after you and experienced pharmacy professionals who can guide you through this process as well. But also hopefully we can connect you up with some opportunities as well. So go on there, register on that database, we'll be in touch and hopefully we can find something for you that's going to get you started on that pharmacy journey. Thank you and back to the podcast. I suppose this gets down to that decision point of when um, the young professional, and and let's use the example of a a, a young female pharmacist Mm -hmm. who's done a training, done her experience, very good pharmacist, yeah. Um, engages well with mm-hmm. customers and really has a big presence in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the pharmacy. But then is given that opportunity to buy, to buy the first one or to buy into something. Mm. So there's a conversation then that comes home mm. to their, their, their partner at the time, <laughs> preferably. <Yes. laughs> I don't know if that conversation happens as much or as in depth as to what it should though. Mm. Because most of the conversation is going to be around money yes and is an opportunity oh we can make money out of this how's the money going to work yeah. what's the risk yeah i don't think the conversation comes back of oh hang on how's this going to affect our relationship mm. and uh, what if we want to have a family then what mm. happens mm. what should they be talking about at that point i think at that point um they should certainly be talking about what looks like success for them um, at that stage and then maybe five, ten years down Which the track. Which is not track. necessarily so, monetary. No, yeah. it's, no exactly. Um, and what looks like a good life for them yeah. as well. And I yeah. think they need to be talking and, and perhaps thinking about what parts of their own parents' lives and how that was built they liked and what you know what they yeah. don't want to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not just in the parenting role, but I just mean yes. in how life is built. Yeah. Um, I think they need to be <laughs> perhaps looking to their colleagues and friends 
um, who, particularly if they're in business as well, and tuning into what some of the whinging, yes. <laughs> you know, that that yes. comes up. Yes, uh, I think they need to be um, talking about the parenting role in particular because what I often see is if people are in business before they become parents have got so much time on their hands. They still feel time poor, but you realise how much time you had, before, you know, once you had children. Yes, yes. <laughs> how, what, I wasted so many hours. What the hell did I do with exactly, my time? <laughs> exactly. But because they've got so much time on their hands, pre, pre-kids, pre um, even though they're flat tack running a business, some of those issues really don't arise. Mm. Um, you know, they're not having to, uh, or they could, they, you know, they can negotiate their time together um, late at night yeah. on the weekends in, in such a more flexible way. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really about talking, well, who, who's going to do what in yeah. the family system? I always also really like people to talk about what their dad did and what their mum did in terms of Actually, both work yeah. as well as the parenting yes. role. Yeah. Because often that's what influences us. They're the yes. unconscious kind of value systems that yeah. we then kind of behaviourally manifest. And so when you talk about, well, who did the running around for this and who, how did that matter and who did the cooking and um, who made sure you got to the dentist, you know, at least six months, 12 months or whatever, yeah. then you start to see what you might likely replicate. It doesn't mean you absolutely will, mm. but at least it's now bringing it to it, your yeah. conscious awareness. Yeah. And so you can talk about that. And what you often find is in those discussions, you see how different families can operate. Yeah. Um, but you can also generally see the role expectations and anticipate, therefore, what you might come up against yep. as a couple. Yeah. Sometimes I say to couples, just imagine, for example, your dad, so person over here, your dad being in a relationship with your mum over here and the other person. And that often is like, oh, my God, I can't imagine that. <laughs> but I'm getting them to think about, well, what, what, would, what wouldn't work about that? So what is it about how your dad parented and your mum parented and how they live their lives that won't work and I do then the opposite as well just to really get them thinking about what are the what are the values that sit under their you know their parents parenting that could cause their clashes within themselves yeah 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 and certainly from the supportive role because um because you have in any couple for example you have you have that one person who's the, the, the business owner mm. and you have the other person who may have their own career yep. whatever even, even pre-kids they have yep. their own career yep. or whatever yep. um, but there's a, a supportive network because it's both of you are on this journey together mm. aren't you and as a business owner you come home you're stressed you're wide up to the eyeballs you're not sleeping mm. um familiar story for myself um, <laughs> but, but you're not sleeping and you know those phases of business when you're just really wired up yeah and and you come home mm. looking for that support yeah of that 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 support network to come back and mm. say I'm really fragile you need to help yeah. me out here when you go home and they've They've got things in their world that's important <laughs> as well. Yeah. And like they, oh, great, you're home. Can you do this one? It's like, well, hang on. Um, but there's, a, there's an interesting support network mm. going on there mm. between what the, the, the business owner 
sort of emotionally needing yeah as well as when they come home they don't you can't just cancel out no because you've got to be a mother you've got to be a father you've mm. got to be a, mm -hmm. a partner you've got a house look up yeah you don't stop yeah but there's an interesting dynamic there of and when that's very dysfunctional at home particularly how much that then that comes back to business because mm. when that's mm dysfunctional falling apart which yeah. creates a lot of stress and a lot of worry yeah that means that you're from what i understand is like, you're like devoting a lot of your own energy towards solving that problem which yes. means then there's less energy being given yeah. to business yeah and business ends up suffering yeah so some uh, comment on those, those dynamics there yeah. of relationships and how that all interacts there i guess if there's you know some a fundamental uh, need in any relationship and even more so when you're running a business or you've got two two professionals one running a business one mm. having a great career somewhere else i think i mean it's so cliched communication it sounds so simple we all talk most of us hear well we yeah we hear but we don't necessarily listen yes. um <laughs> yeah and it, it's just really really important that people are actually able to to air their grievances and let each other know if they're not happy with how things are going yeah. in the relationship. So if you are always coming home extremely stressed, distracted, and while you might go about the motions of family life, mm. you're not very present. Mm. And that's going if that's something that's bugging your partner, then you really hope you've got a partner who's brave enough, you know, who's willing to actually say, this isn't working for me, what can we do about it? Or, yeah. um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the business has to be sold and, and you know, you have to get out of it, but yeah. you can't actually fix any problem in a relationship if people aren't prepared to have difficult conversations. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a really critical thing. And I mean, it's critical, I think, for couples anyway. It's yeah. critical for yeah. parents because there's going to be difficult conversations you have to have in relation to parenting differences yeah. and, and what's going on for your kids. And then, you know, if you've got the trifactor of uh, you're a couple, your parents and your one's a business owner or both are business owners, mm. then it's even more important yeah. that you can actually say, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty tired of this life. Yeah. Um, we need to kind of adjust it. That doesn't yeah. mean you have to sell the business. Yeah. That's like selling one of your babies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's a really important thing because yes. most yeah. people, there is such an attachment to business. Yeah emotional not just kind of financial that it can it's certain, my, my business certainly feels like my first child without mm. any shadow of a doubt which yeah. means I've got five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so I think that's really really important the other thing is just some really basic self-care stuff in terms of making sure you have time together as much as you can yes uh, making sure that you have a little bit of time to yourself and I know you're grabbing snippets, particularly when I think children are young, it's, it's a bit harder to grab that time. Um, I also think it's really important to have regular breaks. Uh, yeah. I know what's worked for me, and it, it wouldn't work for everyone, but I kind of, because I have had kids in the school system for a very, very long time now, yeah. um, for me, I kind of go hard in school term, and I make sure I have a week off in every 
term mid you know term one two three school holidays and i have two yep. weeks off in january as yes. well so yep. a bit more than what most people get i get five weeks a year and amazing how much you can get done between nine and three yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um and I, I mean i think a lot of the research shows that when you work part-time because you're actually parenting um and doing parent parental stuff that you're far more productive in your work hours than you were prior to having children and having more time in the workplace yeah, so yeah. we can be really targeted um, and focused so I think they're really important as well in fact I just had a, that exact conversation with one of my psychs who's mm. you know really feeling very tired and um, you know our, our work is extremely interesting people always say you know don't you feel awful and think about your clients or worry about your clients and we certainly go through phases where we need to be worried about them but probably the most taxing thing for us is that we have to give our full attention hour yeah. after hour after hour after hour after hour we yeah. can't be kind of thinking of what we're doing on the weekend we don't get an hour in front of our computer to just kind of respond to emails and yeah. things like it's the level of focus um, yeah. and the many hours that we give and so it is very very tiring yeah um, and I think um, yeah it's just really important that you structure regular time and yeah. you work to that yeah. so for me when I have I mean my holidays are almost mapped out right at the beginning of the year I know yeah. when I'm going to be taking time yeah. off and that also then forces me to set deadlines around that yeah. So in many ways, it actually makes me more productive because yeah. I've got this defined period of time, these 10-week chunks of time pretty much yes. yeah. where I'm needing to get certain things done and I don't want this hanging over my head. Even if I'm only taking a week off, I don't want to come back after that week and have to resume that kind of piece of work that I'm doing. Yes, that's right. So regular time off um, I think is a huge hugely important thing yeah. again exercise sleep all of those Gotta really get, bottom get the line basics things. right yeah Eat you well, do you do keep moving and yeah. sleep properly yeah. yeah but by the same token you've got to have some flexibility around that because yeah. if you then start to kind of expect yourself to eat well all the time exercise extremely regularly you know have date nights with your partner it, when you apply that level of conscientiousness to those parts of your life yeah. then it just becomes a whole bunch of more tasks so we're going to briefly stop that there uh, that's the end of the, the first uh, episode of my chat with Kirsten Baus there's another episode coming up in two weeks time so as you know we get chatting we go on a bit so to not make it too lengthy we're going to cut it in half so stay tuned for the next one uh, some great points coming up that, that you're really going to love um, and so you've got some great points there for you, for you as well so uh, uh, hope you enjoyed that that first uh, the first session second session coming up in two weeks hope you enjoy it see you soon bye